You know the show. You are listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I am not Ray Ellis. Ray Ellis is on assignment this week. I am Willie Gibson. Uh, first and foremost, thank you to Mr. Ray Ellis for entrusting his microphone with me this week. Uh, we will do our best to maintain the standard of this show. Uh, give us a call here at Voice America, Ray Ellis Sports. The number is 888 346 91 Four four. That's eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Super producer A Rod will get you on the air. And what a time! What a time! What a time! It is to be a sports fan. I mean, coming off the great Final Four weekend in men's and the women that we'll talk about here shortly. Uh, opening week of baseball. Uh, the baseball season is just a week old. We'll get into some of that as well. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and the NFL draft. It seems now uh, these days the NFL is a year-round sport, and we're just three weeks away from the NFL draft. Uh, here This year held in Dallas, Texas, the Cleveland Browns for the second year in a row have the number one pick in their possession. They hopefully this year will be able to secure the quarterback, the franchise quarterback that will take their uh, franchise on into the future. That will get make them, allow them to be successful. They've had a couple uh, missteps in the draft here recently, uh, missing on uh, Carson Wentz and also missing last year on uh, Deshaun Watson. So talking Cleveland that this year, new regime, John Dorsey and uh, his, his crew from Green Bay, Elliot Wolf and, and also Alonzo Highsmith. Uh, looking to do big things and and right the ship, so to speak, in Cleveland and get some uh, players. Uh, the, the quote attributed to to John Dorsey was, "There are uh, fake football players here in Cleveland trying to take a little shot at uh, Sashi Brown and, and, and the former regime." So he's cleaning house. Uh, pretty successful uh, free agent uh, signing period for for the Browns and, and Dorsey signed uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, four-time Pro Bowl wide receiver from. The uh, Miami Dolphins is now is now a Cleveland Brown, and also uh, a great deal of, of linemen as well. But what I want to focus on is the the draft. As I said, the draft is uh, three weeks away, and here at uh, Rail Sports and myself personally, I like to uh, give a, a highlight and a spotlight to kind of the behind the scenes of, of sports. We hear about the player, and we maybe hear about the agent. On the on the back end, the contract negotiations. But uh, here today, I like to uh, kind of pull the curtain back, so to speak, and and bring a an, an active NFL agent online and just talk about the the process. We hear about the, the the contract signing, we hear about the draft, but get a little more into the process. And and today we have NFL agent uh, Fletcher Smith joining us here on Rail of Sports. Fletcher, uh, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And absolutely. And, and the first question I have is, again, three weeks before the draft, just for you as an agent, what are the key things that you're focusing on uh, for your, your clients that are, are preparing to, to enter the, the NFL? Well, at, at this point, uh, they are a lot of them are still visiting with uh, with NFL teams. So to the extent that well, you kind of you go through the process of 
you know, postseason, you have the bowl game, then the uh, the bowl games, the senior bowl, East-West Shrine, et cetera. Then you have the combine. Uh, then you have their pro days. And then um, post-pro days, uh, the teams, various teams will have select guys visit the facility to get to know them a little bit better. These are just personal visits, which a lot of you may know about, but um, a personal visit where it's, it's not, no workout, it's just, you know, sort of one-on-one, uh, the team, the player with, with the coach, with the coaches, with the management, just so they get a better sense of, of who the player is as a person. Um, also, some players may be worked out um, in addition to the pro day at their school or, or home if they're at home this time of year um, so that the player, the teams can, again, get a, a closer look at the player sort of in a one-on-one type of Format so at this stage it's 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 really just a combination of both or one or the other because not every player necessarily does a team visit uh, but it's 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 uh, going through um, the last kicking of the tires if you will for many of the teams to make sure that they they know that the, know the player that they're they're interested in um, through and through. Right. Now, you mentioned the combine. That's something I wanted to, to, to get a little more into. You as, a, as an agent, what, what are you, how do you help prepare your client for the combine? Not, you said not every player has the, the uh, one-on-one personal visits with the teams, and actually not every, every player goes to the combine, but those that do, what is the preparation as an agent of getting that player ready for the combine? Um, well, you know, now, nowadays, and, uh, this is not, not new history, but, um, most of the players will go to, to a, a facility where, um, teams are, uh, I mean, sorry, where, where they essentially is just designed to help prepare players specifically for the combine. So they will, you know, have them test on a 40 yard dash and three cone drill and um, now all the drills that a player may see when he gets to the gets to the combine. There's facilities from coast to coast that are, are there to design to uh, to help a player or enhance a player's natural attributes so that he is in peak performance and ready to to perform once the combine comes around. Uh, we're talking to NFL agent Fletcher Smith here on Ray Ellis Sports Force America Network. Uh, Fletcher, as on a uh, more personal side, as an agent, what do you personally look for in, in a potential client? And what is it that uh, attracts you or sticks out about that client that allows you to say that's something or that's someone rather that I, I, I would look to represent? Well, I mean, I think it's it, it differs from from agent to agent. Me uh, specifically, I have always kind of sought players who I think were good good people, on, you know, off the football field and and good football players. Um, that was always my motivation. So it wasn't necessarily to have the most clients, although I've represented quite a few over the course of my career. Um, I was a little bit more selective. I just wanted to make sure that you know, that I was able to work with, with again, guys who were uh, high character guys and um, and were you know good football players as well. 
right? Speaking of the, the clients that you represented in the past, uh, Donald McNabb, at one point, uh, you negotiated the highest signing bonus in NFL history for a quarterback. It was $20.5 million, I believe. Is that uh, you know, it's been a long time ago. Something like that, $20 million right. was, uh, I think, the highest contract at that point. Um, and it's going back quite a few years now. But, yeah, that uh, that um, was, uh, I guess, the second or third uh, $100 million contract uh, negotiated at that point. All right. But now the current player that I want to focus on that you, you currently have is is an NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, uh, Alvin Kamara. And just kind of going to the, the role of an agent during the season, he, I saw a piece, I believe it was uh, ESPN, I don't recall the the, the writer, but uh, the quote attributed to Alvin was, and I'm paraphrasing here, they asked him what he did with his signing bonus. And he said, uh, I put it in the bank and went and got some wings. Now, and that's that's very... Uh, one refreshing to hear uh, that a young man is is focused on his business in this uh, in this seemingly day and age of of I have stacks and I want to get the the whip and bottle service at the club and things of that nature. But to hear him say I put I put it in the bank and I went and got some wings. Now is that more so Alvin the person he was, or is that uh, uh, an influence that you yourself uh, had? Over over the, the the contract, or could you speak to that a little bit? Well, well, on the on the day to day basis, especially for for instance like that, um, my partner Demarius Bilbo works uh, closer closer with Alvin, but a lot of that is is just Alvin. Um, um, we, you know, we try to guide and direct our mm-hmm. players as best we can, um, give them give them support and help them transition successfully from, from college to pro, not just as a football player, but navigating the financial waters and um, the newfound uh, fame uh, to a certain degree, because a lot of them are, are well-known going into college football, but it's a different, the different takes to go to a different level when you go from college to pro. So, um, so we try to provide a support group mechanism, if you will, that helps, them facilitate that transition and, and as I said you know previously to your previous question we like to get guys who are who are grounded and um, understand that the NFL can be very fleeting although very rewarding it can be very fleeting and that it's important that um, you don't just live for today but you live for tomorrow as well some of them bring that to the table uh, just by nature the guys that we, we tend to attract um, uh, most of them do, uh, as a matter of fact. So some of that, yes, absolutely, it's, it's all the player. Um, and then we try to to add to that that foundation that they already have by providing with um, referrals to responsible financial advisors, so that they have money not just during their career but post career as well. All right, well, Fletcher Smith, again, we thank you for your time joining us here on Rayla Sports Force America Network. Last question, if if I could, what advice would you have on uh, youngsters, potential uh, agents that may be listening to this? Uh, what uh, pearls of wisdom would you be able to to drop on them? Uh, someone looking to get into the field that you're in. Ooh, pearls of wisdom. Well, it's it's 
it's uh it probably seems very glamorous um outside looking in but it's 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 challenging just like any other business i so i would i would um advise them to prepare uh i know when i got involved i was very really young i think it only been an agent two years when i signed donovan and uh, you know the opportunity presented itself I had to be ready to to accept the opportunity and, and to be able to achieve in a very competitive environment. So um, I would say when if the opportunity knocks, certainly be prepared for it and don't take it for granted. Um, and, but it's a, it is highly competitive, and and if that's something that you truly want to do, then I would suggest not to give up easily um, uh, to stick at it. Uh, there are people out there that are willing to assist. Uh, for those that are are interested, um, so just, just just stick at it. But when it's when when it's your turn, just make sure that you're prepared. All righty, again, Fletcher Smith, NFL agent. Thank you for joining us here on uh, Ray Ellis Sports Voice America Network. Wish you continued success, man. And hopefully, we can uh, connect again later on down the line. All right, thanks a lot. All right, thank you. All right, take yeah. it off. All righty, that was Fletcher Smith, NFL agent. Here on Rayla Sports Voice America Network. We'll take a quick break. Come back on the other side again. You're listening to Rayla Sports on the Voice America Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you are back on Ray Ellis Sports, Voice America Network. I am Willie Gibson filling in this week for Ray Ellis. And once again, thank you to NFL agent Fletcher Smith for joining us and giving a little insight on the NFL draft process for Rookies, and now moving on to uh, college basketball, and where I am, uh, Ray lives in 
Phoenix like it matters. I'm living here in Columbus on purpose. And I, Columbus, Ohio this weekend was the epicenter of college basketball, women's college basketball. The women's final four was held here in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, phenomenal job by the Greater Columbus Sports Commission. Uh, shout out to uh, Bruce Wimbish and, and his staff, Linda Logan. And uh, they did a phenomenal, phenomenal job here on this weekend for the final four and UConn and Oran, I talked about it last week and UConn's uh, dominance. And for the second year in a row, uh, Gino Ariema lost in the national semifinal last year. It was uh, Mississippi state uh, doing the damage, stopping UConn from winning the national championship this year. It was uh, Notre Dame. And to join me to, to discuss that and, a few other things in the world of sports. I have uh, Jeff Helms joining me today here on Rail of Sports Sports America Network. Jeff, how are you? Good, sir. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. Thank you for coming on with us. Um, Absolutely. I mean, the women's final four. I mean, we'll get to the men in a moment, but Arike, I, I won't, I won't, I won't do, I won't butcher her last name, but the young lady from Notre Dame, Arike, she was phenomenal. Not one buzzer beater to win the game in the final four. She had a buzzer beater to win the national championship. I mean, phenomenal. And it wasn't just those shots and she disappeared for the rest of the game. She scored the most points in a NFL, an NCAA a women's tournament in the last 25 years. So she oh, yeah. was, she was phenomenal. I mean, I mean, what, what more can you say? You took down uh, the, the, the best team in, in recent history in, in women's college basketball and, and UConn, and then you win a national championship the same fashion on a buzzer beater. Uh, what are your thoughts? She she balled out, but there's nothing else you can really say. Balling in front of Kobe, especially when he's here in uh, Columbus at the game, she hit the buzzer beater in two games back-to-back, and that just says a lot about her her drive and her determination to get the W by all means necessary. I mean, going against UConn arguably probably the best college dynasty in women's basketball history with Gino Ariema and be able to knock them off in that fashion is really says a lot about uh, their team and Muffy McGraw being a great coach as well. And I'm glad you mentioned Kobe. In the, in the world we live in, it's amazing. In this world of Twitter, uh, the personal uh, interaction you can have with those, uh, with everyone, really. She... Uh, put a tweet out after she met Kobe. She hit the shot on Friday night in front of Kobe to be UConn. Now, you, uh, Kobe was in town supporting uh, UConn. He, he's a UConn fan, Gino Ariema. And so after she hit the shot, she uh, texted that or tweeted rather that, you know, my life is complete. I hit a shot in front of the goat, Kobe. And he texted her back and said, nah, like, uh, completion is finishing the job on Sunday. And yeah. then she went out and hit the buzzer beater to win the national championship on Sunday. And then he was just blown away by it. He responded to her like, wow, now life is complete Mamba mentality. I mean, what, I mean, what else, I mean, how, do, how else do you, do you respond to that? I mean, I'm, I'm knowing we're focusing on her, but I mean, she had a great team as well behind her. And you mentioned uh, Muffet McGraw, the coach, and it was uh, her second national championship, 17 years to the day of her first one. And uh, she, she did a phenomenal job this year, lost four players 
to ACL tears throughout the season. And uh, you look at that and it's like, well, she, there were days where she was concerned that she would even get a, a practice in. And uh, she led her team to the national championship. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal job by her. But I mean, I mean, let's talk about UConn a little bit. You know, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion in a lot of people's mind that UConn was going to come to Columbus and lead with the national championship trophy. I mean, they were beating teams. I mean, they beat their first round team by their first round opponent in the tournament. They beat by eighty eight points. Yeah, uh, Jeff. I don't. I, I've never seen. I mean, maybe a, 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 a Xbox three score or PlayStation two score or something like that. But <laughs> I mean, one forty to fifty two. I mean, who does that? And for the second year in a row, uh, UConn doesn't seal the deal. So I mean, what do the question going in was? Is it is UConn bad for college basketball for women's college basketball because? They win all the time. What What are your thoughts on on the dynasty of UConn and how they, for the second year in a row, didn't didn't complete the mission? Well, I think that kind of answers the question itself. Like, I don't think they're bad for basketball at all. I mean, yeah, they're a dominant team and dominant program, but like you said, they lost the last two years, and so for them to be the best, you can't say they've been the best. If they lost two years back to back. I mean, yeah, they have consecutive championships uh, in the past, but that, in my opinion, is great for the sport because even though teams win all the time, fans love to hate teams. So, for instance, with like the not so the football, but the Patriots, the Patriots are considered as like the modern day like that football dynasty. They win all the time. They're always in the Super Bowl. They're always in the playoffs. Tom Brady is like the dominant quarterback, but the Patriots are probably arguably the most hated team in all the sports, bar none. And people. They just love to hate them. So to say that a team winning all the time is bad for the sport, I don't see how that's a good how that's possible to say because you're kind of saying that you want teams to lose if you're saying that to go to the extreme because if a team is winning consecutively, that's their that's their goal in the sport. Like Gino Oriemi, he wants to win every year. Like if you don't want to win every year, then what's the point of playing? So. To say that it's bad for the sport is like that's probably like the so far left. Like I don't understand how people can say something like that. And and that's just it, Jeff. You're right. I mean, the talent pool is 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 limitless. Everyone has the same opportunity to recruit the same players, and yeah. Gino Ariema gets them. You know, he has two McDonald's All Americans coming in uh, this this year, uh, so. And, but you're right. It's been proven. I mean, for two years in a row, they, they haven't done it. They they haven't gotten it done. I mean, it's clear that there's other teams. I mean, we, we've talked about the Final Four and Notre Dame and UConn. We haven't even talked about yet uh, Louisville and also um, Mississippi State. So they, uh, I mean, all four number one seeds got to the Final Four this year in the yep. women's, on the women's side. But we haven't talked about South Carolina and and Dawn Staley in the program that she's building down there. Baylor, uh, Oregon, UCLA. So I mean, women's basketball. By no means, I don't believe that UConn winning all the time is is bad 
for college, for women's college basketball, I think, you know, it gives, you know, it drives the interest because they people want, unfortunately, like you said, with the Patriots, people want to see Goliath lose. And for lack yeah. of a better term, and, and women's basketball, women's college basketball, UConn has been that Goliath for for many, many years. And for them to lose in the fashion that they did in back-to-back years in the national semifinal, I think that draws more interest to women's college basketball because now those teams may feel, hey, we have a shot. Therefore, you know, that drives the, the fan base of those teams uh, to, to view them. But Mississippi State... If, if I can real quick just discuss them for the second year in a row, uh, got to the national semi or national championship game rather, and and did not complete the deal, um, and then and then in the fashion they lost it, they were up by five I think with a minute and a half to go, and uh, yeah. three seconds left they were tied, and the question was, do you file in that situation? And honestly, I I sat there and I thought they would file because they had a file mm-hmm. to give. You know that that takes time off the clock. That shrinks the availability and the and the and the options that that Muffin McGraw would have. And actually, they did a, a great job because their their uh, center had just filed out uh, Tierra McCowan, and uh, the the plan actually was for Notre Dame to go inside to take advantage of that mismatch. But they defended it well, and. Um, of Gumbale, I'm, I'm going to say it now. I'm not going to. Di- I'm not going to do it a disservice. Enrique Gumbale, she called for the ball, and she hit yeah. the shot. Now, if you foul her, and it's maybe 1.4 seconds left on the clock, does she have the time to make the move and get the shot off? You know, it's, it's easy to second guess at this point. But you know, just talk to that. You yourself, as a former athlete, just the way. You know Mississippi State for the second year in a row get to the national championship game, but they 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 aren't able to seal the deal. Yeah, that that has to sting for Mississippi State being there twice and not sealing the deal. Because I know getting there the first time that's the that's probably the easy part getting there one time, but getting there a second time back to back that's really really tough for any team to do that. And then to not seal the deal the second time, it. I know it, you can use it as a motivation tool, but right now, like now, until they report back until training camp, it's going to sting. It's going to sit in your mind for a, a really long time. And that's just being an athlete. You're such a competitor. You want to win all the time, and losing is a part of the sport. And that's the reason why the sport's so great, because you never know if you're going to win or you're going to lose. So that's why you play so hard, and that's why you go in day in and day out and just grind and try to get that W and to not, to not win twice in a row and to knock off UConn last year and to not feel the deal this year, it's, it, it's going to, it'll sting a while, but I'm sure next year is going to be a really, really interesting season with Mississippi Stakes. I know they're going to be even more hungry than they were last year. And they have a lot of fuel to add to the fire based off of this uh, year's final four. And I think again, the, uh, the interest I believe in, in women's college basketball is at an all time high. Notice we spent the entire segment, Jeffrey, speaking of the women's side, we never mentioned Villanova and their win last night over Michigan, 79-62, and 62, <laughs> and they win a national championship as well. So, yeah. again, you know, we'll shout out Jay Wright, and we'll do that now. But uh, coming up, we have to step aside for a quick break. But on the backside of the break, uh, as I said, what it's going to be a sports fan, the Masters, 
is this week in Augusta. Guess who's back? Back again. Tiger Woods is back. And we'll have a PGA professional on with us next to discuss Tiger Woods. You are listening to Railer Sports. I am filling in Willie Gibson on the Voice America's Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific. Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, we are back, and you are again listening to Rayla Sports. On the Voice America Network, I am filling in for Ray this week. I am Willie Gibson. And switching gears a little bit to the Masters, the first week in April in Augusta, Georgia, brings us to the golf's first major of the season. And joining us to discuss that a little bit is uh, the owner of the Hammond Golf Academy here in Columbus, Ohio, a PGA professional, Jerry Hammond. Jerry, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great. Really, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to, to come on with us. But um, I'll just cut to it. The Masters, Augusta and Tiger. Tiger's back seem, seemingly healthy. Mentioned that he's the healthiest he's been in the last three years. You know, what it, you know, does he have what it takes to put together four rounds and get it done to to uh, put the green jacket back on on Sunday? Um, 
that's going to remain to be seen. But given the, the, his last three um, tournaments and um, finishes, I think he's shown kind of the world, you know, that he's back. Um, kind of reminded me, you know, kind of of when he made his debut and he said, hello, world. So it's kind of like this is, it's, 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 a it's, what do you call it? A, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's all happening all over again, you know? And, um, it's pretty exciting. Uh, he, you know, he's done so much for the game, man. And, um, um, it's good to see. I think, I think it's more than golf, believe it or not, even though, and I have a different perspective on this all. So, you know, a lot of people think a lot of things, but I think given, who he is, what he's done, you know, where he's come from, how he's kind of, you know, he's been put up on this pedestal. He kind of fell down, and now he's coming back. I think it's it's good. It's good for America. It's good for, you know, people to, you know, it's that second chance type of thing. And um, But he's shown from, from the standpoint of his skill sets. Uh, I don't think that's ever been a question. Now that he's healthy, I think his, his body's healthy, his mind's healthy. I think that's why we're seeing what we're seeing, and, and it's bringing a lot of excitement back to the game. Absolutely. And not only along with Tiger, but Phil Mickelson's playing well, and uh, Jordan Thomas and Justin, or I'm sorry, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. And all of those guys are being talked about, but the, the world's number one, Dustin Johnson, is like seemingly in the, you know, off in the, on the sideline somewhere. And, and it's amazing that in the, in the game of golf that, I mean, we understand Tiger drives, you know, drives the game and, and boosts the, the 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 viewership. But I don't know of any other sport where the world's number one, the top in the world, is not being talked about in the the game's first major. So yeah. is that yeah. something that Dustin Johnson could use to his advantage? That no 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 one's talking about me. Everyone's forgotten about me. That he can make a run and and potentially get the green jacket back himself. I think um, I think everybody, Dustin Johnson, along with everybody, is vying for the ability to stake their claim a little bit, given the uh, the showcase on Tiger. And you know, that's kind of always been, you know, Tiger's always kind of been out in front, and everybody's been chasing him. So, not that he's out in front and everybody's chasing him, but kind of has that nostalgia that you know that it's it's almost like it used to be. So, oh, of course, I think I think Dustin is in a in a good place, you know. Um, to you know, let the let the highlight and emphasis be on Tiger, and you know it's hard to kind of. Um, I wouldn't say you know to stay at the top is tough, but in this case, you know, given the circumstances of Tiger being kind of in the spotlight versus Dustin, I think he can just get to work, and he's got the game. He's proven that. Uh, so there's a lot of quality players out there, and golf is a it's a different sport in the sense that. You kind of never know, and um, all you can really do is play your game, but what you can't do is you can't control the next player. Uh, so, you know, when some guys just get hot and, you know, the putter's hot, they're striking well, you know, everything lines up, um, and, you know, they fire 63, 64s, and they keep that mojo, you know, for four days. So, you know, that's 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 kind of tough to um, to beat. So, you know, and that can happen to anyone at any time. It just It just... You know, if all the stars align almost, you know, those are the ones who come out and play. But, you know, obviously given the, the better players, they have uh, some experience. Um, you know, they've got their scars and and battle wounds. Um, so they're they're pretty versed at, at being in that position and then prevailing. So it'll be interesting. It'll be a lot of fun this week. 
Cool. All right, Jeffrey, you have anything for uh, Jerry? What's that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I think the the matchup this year is going to be real, real interesting. So I know Tiger. He brings a lot of a lot of pub and a lot of like a uh, a lot of attention to the matches. I know he's been a little bit inconsistent with his driver, but his irons and his short game have been pretty strong. So I know he's known for his putting and everything. So I'm really looking forward to see how he does this go around and I'm sure he's real excited. I know a lot of the tensions on him and so I know that he sort of thrives in that spot like that's where he, he usually gets his whole career. And I'm really looking forward to when that uh that the red the red polo comes out because I know that he wears that on last day so I know he's he's gonna be down to business on the last day regardless of his position. Right. I would agree. I would have to agree with that. He's uh he's shown that time and time again and you know I think that's he thrives off of that, just like you said. He he thrives off of that. He he likes being in that moment and in that position, and um, and I think everybody knows that, and that's what makes it so exciting. I mean, you know, obviously he moves the needle, so um, it'll be fun. All right, Jerry. Jerry, we've talked about it. We're speaking with uh, PGA professional Jerry Hammond on Rail of Sports from Voice America Network. We've talked about the the major players, the known players, uh, mainstream known players, the Tiger Woods, the Phil Mickelson's. Who is someone in your in your mind off the radar, so to speak, that we should look out for this week in Augusta? You, you know who I really like. I like this um, this kid Sharma, um, and um, from India, and he showcased himself in his first uh, PGA debut um, and almost pulled off a win. So uh, he's a very good ball striker. Um, he's got a um, a very solid uh, swing, um, his short game, and he's very systematic and strategical about, you know, how he approaches each and every course. So, you know, I think he may be a little under the radar, and um, I like his chances. I really do. But, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's interesting. The, the Masters is a, is a, it's a totally different environment, and, uh, you know, very seldom do those underdogs get through. I mean, it's just it's just a different environment, and it takes a lot of uh, experience to really navigate and get through. So, if you ask me, I think uh, Sharma would be my choice of the underdogs that may uh, rise to the occasion. Right, and just in our our few remaining moments, uh, Jerry, we mentioned in, in the open that you do own the the Hammond Golf Academy. Give us a little insight as to what you do with the academy and the, and the players that you've, you've helped get to to college and also uh, on on tour? Yeah, I, um, I've been fortunate. I've been really blessed to, you know, be in a position where, you know, I've been able to create, uh, not really create, but help teach and, and produce some very good golfers. Um, a lot of them kind of have gone on to play in school. I think I've put over 85 kids in college on golf scholarships, which is, pretty fun and then you know had a little bit of a highlight uh two years ago on cbs with a special with one of the young men that i teach wyatt worthington who qualified for the pga championship at baltistral uh through the um, pga uh club championship so that was a highlight of my career and and his career and um you know being out at baltistral on the t-line with all the guys and you know that was the first time really on a on a at a major I've been at uh, tour events, um, you know, inside the ropes, but never at a major. So, you know, we've kind of got a, a little good thing going here um, in Ohio. And, 
um, the kids kind of uh, gravitate towards what we do, and and we've kind of, you know, we've kind of created a a system here that you know takes kids from, you know, ages of five all the way up. You know, we've got the physical fitness side, we've got the mental side, and you know, we've got all the components. And you know, to play golf at a high level, all those things need to be in place. You got to have obviously good instruction. You got to have proper equipment. You know, you got to have your your body right. You got to have your mind right, and that's how you play golf at the highest level. So when you have those things and obviously all the other components with the chemistry and the support system of mom and dad or friends, et cetera, uh, that's how you're able to produce some, some great golfers. And, and we've been able to do that. So it's, it's been a lot of, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, it's, it's been a blessing. And, um, you know, I've seen these kids grow and do great things. I've got some in college now, um, that are, you know, consistently in the top five and, and top tens in the tournament. So, you know, they'll be turning over to Leaf into the professional ranks here soon. So, you know, it's like it's always the, the up-and-coming ones. And um, it's, just been, it's been a lot of fun. And, and like I said, I, I enjoy it. And I'm always learning, too. They teach me just as well as I teach them. So we're, yeah. we're pretty proud here. and Just keep at it and keep on the grind. Well, that's awesome. And we definitely wish you continued success with the Hammond Golf Academy. And I just want real quick, we have about 30 seconds to break. If you can just... We talked about Tiger's health. He's back. 14 majors. Right now, what do you think he would end up with? Is he is he still on track to get 18, the tie jack, 19, the pass jack? Or what are, what are your thoughts? Um, my thought is this. If it's in, it's going to come out. And and Tiger's got greatness in him. I don't think his age is going to hinder him. Um, he's, he's shown that uh, with his club speed and his power, um, even at his age today against some of the young ones out there. So I think... You know, to break Jack's record is is definitely in reach, and um, and if you ask him, I think he'll tell you the same thing. All right, PGA professional Jerry Hammond here on Rail of Sports. Jerry, again, thanks for ha- coming on with us, and we wish you again continued success with the academy and all that you are working on at this time. Okay, thank you, Willie. Appreciate all right, sir. Guys, thank you. you. Okay. You, all right. All right. And with that, we will go to break. Here we are. Filling in for Ray Ellis, I'm Willie Gibson along with Jeff, Jeff Helms, Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We will talk to you on the other side of the break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Right, we are back. Rail of Sports from Force America Network. I am the host today, Willie Gibson, to join with Jeff Helms. And Jeff, we've, we've hit it all. Just about football, basketball, golf. What a, Again, what a time to be a sports fan. Now, we mentioned briefly in, in the second segment, the men's Final Four, and I want to get back to that now. Um, not just the Final Four, but the entire tournament. And, I mean, it's called March Madness for a reason. And in the, the three weeks in March that we saw this year, the NCAA men's basketball tournament were definitely some maddening moments in that. You know, Jeff, real quick, what are your what are your thoughts on on the men's tournament this year? It it was ridiculous. The games were crazy. A sixteen seed being a one seed for the first time ever. That was just it was mayhem. I know my my North Carolina Tar Heels didn't do. Like I like I wanted it to do, they got beat pretty bad against uh, Texas A and M, I believe. But uh, aside from that, it was a it was a fun tournament to watch. It was one of those tournaments where going into it, there was no clear cut favorite, and so I think that's always a great thing for the fans because it makes filling out a bracket that much uh, more interesting because you don't have the team that are the like you don't have the Kentucky's, the Kansas's, and North Carolina's who are, they're guaranteed to get to the Final Four because they've all had shaky years this year. And basically being in the number one spot in the regular season was kind of like a, a curse, so to say, because if you're in a number one spot during the regular season, you're, it's like you're bound to get bounced out of there, losing somebody. And so this final, this March Madness, excuse me, was, uh, it was really interesting. It was fun to watch from a fan perspective. Every game was interesting. You never knew what was going to happen. And uh, the national championship, it didn't really disappoint, but it kind of got out of hand pretty quickly, along with the Final Four a little bit. But uh, it was pretty good this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, my bracket, and, and I agree with a heavy heart because I never looked at my bracket after Sunday of the first weekend. Never looked at it because it was done. And that's yeah. a good thing, so to speak. I mean, because... I mean, you had Arizona losing to Buffalo in the first round. I mean, we can, they had they had their own issues all season down out there in Tucson, Arizona. But we, you know, we we won't get into that. But as you said, a 16 beats a one for the first time ever on the men's side. Because in '98, yeah. 20 years ago, uh, Stanford as a one seed lost to number 16 Harvard on the women's side. So definitely want to make sure we make that delineation that it was the first time on the men's side that a, a one seed loss to a 16 seed. And I believe that the record now for uh, 16 seeds in the men's tournament is one and 135. So, wow. I mean, you, UNBC can now stake the claim that we hold that one. And then they almost, quite honestly, could have beaten Kansas State and made it to the Sweet 16 because that game yeah, against Kansas yeah, they really could have beaten them. They were in that game, and it was a, a seemingly sloppy play game. But they really could have beaten Kansas State and gone to the Sweet Sixteen, and then would have, and then 
the Sister Jeans, the Loyola Ramblers. Um, I mean, I mean those guys. I mean, head coach Porter Moser and and I mean Sister Jean. What else can you say? Ninety eight years old. I mean, Loyola won the national championship in nineteen sixty three, fifty five years ago, and uh, wow. they made it back to the Final Four. I mean, along the way, you know, and I, and I almost ordered one of their Final Four shirts. Now I'm not a fan, but. Just to have it, because you, you you know, I mean, yeah. they may make it back next year. I I don't know, but just to say that we have it, I I, I may even still go on the on the website and, and order that. But I mean, it's just a, a tremendous tournament. But it was the first time that the top four seeds of the region were knocked out before the Sweet Sixteen. That was in the South. You mentioned North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, they. I mean, the the madness of March. I mean, former Buckeye Clark Kellogg coined that phrase quite some time ago, the madness of March. And and this year uh, totally, totally allowed that, that statement and that phrase uh, proved it correct. But going back to the, the game last night and uh, Villanova, and I, and I heard it Saturday during the semifinal against Kansas, and I really heard it um, last night. Second title in three years for Jay Wright. Villanova is Villanova a top five all time college basketball team? I know I'll 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 leave it up to you. I have my thought, but I'll 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 relinquish the floor to you first. Is is Villanova a top five all time college basketball team? To say it, that's a a really bold statement to say. I mean, yeah, they're the the hot team right now, but if you want to say that, you can say is. Eli Manning better than Tom Brady. So that's kind of the same scenario because Eli Manning beat Tom Brady two out of, was it two out of three years. And right. Villanova, Jay Wright, he won that championship two out of three years. But Coach K has, I believe, five. Five, and uh, Roy Williams has like three or four. And so to say that this team is the best of all time is a, a really bold statement. It, I can understand why people would say it, but I don't necessarily think that that's the case. They're good. They're the best team today because of what they did last night, but they'll go down as one of the, the better teams in history. But to say that they're top of all time, I don't, I think that's a little far fetched. And I agree. And I, I totally agree that. I mean, the 1991 Duke team, the 1992 Duke team, uh, 2009 North Carolina, and I, and I dare not mention UCLA of the 60s. I mean, so to I think a lot of times, uh, for lack of a better term, we're prisoners of the moment. And yes, Villanova had a tremendous run. I give them all the credit in the world. Jay Wright, interesting stat, if I can switch it for a moment. Interesting stat on Jay Wright, the 25th highest paid Coach in, in college basketball, twenty five. He's he's making a reported two point five million dollars a year, which I'm sure that'll change here very very shortly. But oh, yeah. tremendous yeah, tremendous fun. run by Villanova, and uh, again, you you take nothing away from them, but there's I, I can't call them a an all time team. There's I mean uh, the, in I mean granted those teams I mentioned had seniors, you know this this this. Uh, 
culture of college basketball is, is the one and done era where, you know, you get kids that come one year and they leave, they go to the NBA. Now, interestingly enough, Villanova does not have that. They've never had a one and done. They've never had a one and done during Jay Wright's tenure. And the interesting, and the, another interesting thing is he had a lot of red shirts. And, and typically in college basketball, because the one and done phenomenon is so prevalent, you don't have a lot of red shirts in college. But a, a great number of his players have a red shirt year. And uh, so I think it's just a, a perfect storm, so to speak, that uh, he's able and, and take again, take nothing away from him. A tremendous, tremendous coach uh, gets the most out of his players and uh, take he he deserves all the credit in the world. But I'm not quite sure uh, I can call him a or call that team an all time team. And one last thing, um, Jalen Brunson, I mean, a consensus national player of the year. I mean, give him credit for that. But one thing that I definitely want to make sure that. Uh, we convey on the, over the airways is that he graduated college in three years. I mean, phenomenal yeah. athlete. I mean, three-year college graduate is phenomenal in and of itself, along with the fact that he's a Division One athlete and a National Player of the Year. So, kudos to to, to Jalen Brunson. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's uh, the the glue to the team. It seems like I know he did a perform like he wanted to last night, only having around like nine points and he got in foul trouble. But for him to be the next grade of the year, that goes beyond the stat line. It goes beyond the, the points you have on the, the score sheet. It goes to what you do on the court when you're not on the court, so to say. So when you're on the sideline still being into the game and not pouting on the sideline because you're in foul trouble, you're not in the game and not being mad or selfish that uh, your sixth man is balling out and acting like he's Steph Curry or something out there on the floor. And so for Jalen Brunson to, to have that honor, is uh, it's really uh, – it should go to him because even during the postgame uh, interviews, he was saying how the national championship is what he wanted more. And if he didn't have the, the Wooden Award, the National Award, he – would rather have the next championship regardless of what happened because that's that's the end all be all. That's what you play the game for, and so that's a testament to how big of a, a person he is and a basketball player as well. Well said, and well said. And with that, that draws this edition of Rayla Sports on the Voice American Network to a close. Jeff, thank you for joining me today. Thank you also to NFL agent Fletcher Smith, PGA professional. Jerry Hammond, super producer A-Rod, thank you again. Also, Mr. Ray Ellis, thank you again as, as well for entrusting your microphone to me this week. Thank you to the listeners for, for joining us and, and being a part of this as well. Hopefully, uh, we did a, a phenomenal job, and you continue to listen not only next week to Ray Ellis Sports, but all the other um, programming here on Voice America Network. But until then, this is Willie Gibson for Rayless Sports on the Voice America Network. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. 
Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.